You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Samantha Chris, and today I am joined by Christine Cohen. Over the last 10 years, Christine's passion for fitness and mental health have come together and forged her path as a registered dietitian and fitness professional, as well as a virtual coach based in New York City. Her work has helped many women who have been struggling with depression, anxiety, and overeating issues. Christine's own journey inspired her to do what she's doing today. Through her own battle with mental health and binge eating, Christine worked to overcome these struggles, taking simple but powerful actions in movement, nourishment, and self-development. She is now committed to helping others learn how to empower themselves to impact their mental well-being through her powerful guided program, The Warrior Evolution, and her daily 22-minute warrior workout. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Samantha. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. We were just talking before we hit record that these types of real conversations, not the fluffy kind of surface conversations, are this what life's about? Yeah, let's go deep. Let's (laughs) go deep. (laughs) All right. So, I mean, I'm going to do just that. We're going to start with some of the hurdles that you faced. You battled with anxiety, depression, and binge eating for years and thought that they were ruining your life until you realized that they were actually messages from your body signaling that something was out of alignment and that it was actually within your power to discover what was off and why. How did you come to understand what was happening? Ironically enough, when I started to experience these symptoms of depression, which looked like low mood, extreme fatigue, um, very negative cycling thoughts, anxiety, not being able to concentrate, very like high energy mixed with um, low mood. And then came this coping mechanism of binge eating and this urge to compulsively eat. Ironically, it was in the same time the same year that I became a registered dietitian and started working professionally. And it was kind of like I was thrown out of the environment of comfortability of school and having rules and things and objectives to hit. And I kind of knew how to operate in that world. And then going into the real world, having all this new stuff, time management, um, putting myself in uncomfortable situations and everything sort of came to a head. Everything that I had learned in school as a, as a studying dietitian of what to eat, how much to eat, what affected um, your body, calories in, calories out, none of that helped what I was going through. If anything, it actually might've made it worse because what I was experiencing definitely is impacted by what I was eating, the fact that I wasn't moving my body, but all I knew from not only my studies, but just from like diet culture in general was health equals weight loss, health equals looking a certain way, health equals having this fit aesthetic. And so in my mind, as I'm living my life and going to work and 
simultaneously experiencing all these really hard things, the depression, the anxiety, and then this, this need to eat, which would creep up, you know, at night, especially, I started to realize there is something off here. Um, and going into work every day sort of made me feel this kind of like shame feeling. I mean, this whole shame spiral just grew and grew because one, I was definitely wrapped up in the stigma of what I was experiencing. Two, I felt like if I can't even keep my own stuff together, I can't even, you know, eat quote unquote, what I'm supposed to be eating, quote unquote, good and bad foods, blah, blah, blah. How am I going to help somebody else in their own journey of getting healthy or weight loss or whatever they're coming to see me for? So it was this really difficult battle and I was very much inside of it. Um, that was really difficult. I was about, I was in my early twenties when all of this was first going down. So it was about 10 years ago when it really began. And I just felt very lost and very afraid to speak to anyone about it. Um, so one of my biggest mistakes was not asking for help and not really reaching out during that time. But luckily enough, the thing that really started to open my eyes to seeing the bigger picture as you described, these really hard symptoms and experiences and seeing them as my body trying to send me messages um, that I at the time was misinterpreting um, mm -hmm. or was very wrapped up in how horrible they were feeling and how debilitating they were. Absolutely. Like some days not even really being able to function or get out of bed for that matter. Uh, lots of canceled plans, lots of calls into work saying I can't come in, things like that. Um, but there was one instance that does stick out in my mind of where I first made the connection that movement could be a catalyst for changing how I felt. And one seemingly random day, I got myself to a fitness class of some sort. Um, I walked out of there after having sweated for an hour, got into my car, and I remember just feeling this overwhelming emotion, and I started to cry because for the first time in probably almost a year, I felt somewhat like myself again, like somewhat lighter, somewhat connected, somewhat um, like I could feel myself again, like the person that I was before all this started and I hadn't felt her in a while. And that connection of moving my body to shifting my energy, shifting my mood, lightening this dark shadow that was over me, um, suddenly gave me the thought that maybe movement, fitness, exercise doesn't just have to be about like, losing the weight that I had put on over this time or lo looking a certain way or like having those fit tone muscles that a fitness instructor quote unquote should have. But instead it could be something that I help myself climb out of this deep dark hole. And if I could move my body a little bit every single day, maybe that could change. Um, so that was kind of a big pivoting point for me. And there are those moments, I think, that we can 
look back on. Sometimes they're a collection of tiny moments. Sometimes there's this big kind of colossal moment that's clear in our memory, but where we can pinpoint where the shift started to happen. And one of the things that you mentioned actually reminds me, I was at a Tony Robbins, um, I guess, conference a couple of years ago, and there was a guest speaker there, Nyorka, and she was talking about how when we are setting goals, it's so much more effective to, sh to shift our perspective to instead of feeling like we are getting away from something. So in your case, it may have been getting away from the binge eating or away from feeling a certain way and shift our perspective to moving towards something more positive. And, you know, as you mentioned, it was like, I, I had a, a, a new way of thinking about it, of like this moving my body could actually help me um, tap into this, this version of me who I haven't felt in some time. And I, I do think that there's a lot of power in, our mindset and how we decide to view these kind of um, these moments where we can choose that things are going to be different moving forward, you know, from this moment forward, or this is a signal for my body that I'm just, I'm, I'm going to ignore because I'm not ready for the change. And the fact that you answered the call and, and followed the path, I mean, is, is really inspiring. I love uh, Tony Robbins. I listen to his podcasts often and I've been to his Unleash the Power Within event um, in Florida a few years ago. And he speaks a lot about leverage, which is, I think, that point that you're bringing up. The power of this potential, um, like positive that's drawing you forward, where you suddenly feel, oh my gosh, it's possible for me to experience that or to be that. Um, and I definitely felt a glimpse of that after I moved my body and made that connection after that class. And that definitely gave me that little glimpse of hope. Like I can maybe make an impact on this. I'm not a victim to my mental health. Like I feel like the story in my head is right now that I've been told over and over um, the, po the positive power of leverage, as well as the negative, I don't want to say the negative power of leverage, but like negative leverage where the desire to just not be in that really hard place again can drive you forward as well. And I think they both have a place in, in recovery and can be equally powerful at different times. I think so too. And I think that what goes hand in glove with that mindset shift and really making the decision that you want to move forward steadily in the direction of something more positive is building the right habits, is making sure that you've got the right actions in place to support that mindset. And so what did you have to change in order to continuously listen, but more than that, like actually really hear what your body was telling you? Great question. First of all, I had to understand that what was what I was experiencing um, could have purpose and could help me understand more about myself and a need that I was was um, that my body was craving that I wasn't filling it I wasn't fulfilling and maybe learning a bit more about what my body needs, what my soul needed, what my mind needed, um, and how to fill those things, which at the time I was using food as unknowingly as a way to fill those voids. 
And on the side of the depression and anxiety, there was a definitely a bigger problem at hand, but understanding that I could impact my intensity of the anxiety or the intensity of depression, understanding that those two, there were needs that I was not fulfilling and trying to put the puzzle together of what are those needs and how can I give that to myself, whether it was actually a nutritional need, um, whether it was a need to release this pent up energy, this pent up anxiety in my body and the different ways that I could do that, how to calm yourself out of a fight or flight survival mode, um, which is, you know, a reaction that triggers and is, and is happening, um, all throughout the hormones of the body and the brain and how you can be inside of that and bring yourself to a calm place within that. So approaching it from this very like short-term perspective of how do I handle what I'm experiencing right now in the moment and what can I do about it and how can I maybe not do everything, but do something about it and then just get to the next step, like the next moment. Mm -hmm. And then in the long-term perspective, impact it and find maybe, is there a root cause? Is there a root psychological thing or a physiological thing, a biological thing that is throwing my body out of alignment? Um, So it was very intuitive for me once I was on the path to open my perspective of I can do something about this and how do I start making those changes but it was also a very long winding obstacle struggle filled road because I was pretty much doing it on my own. You mentioned earlier that one of the things you were struggling with particularly I guess earlier in the journey was that you felt a little bit uncomfortable positioning yourself as a go-to for someone in the nutrition or wellness space, you know, having these struggles in real time. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, imposter syndrome is real, no matter the role, the industry, and um, even without the added layer of mental health and there being something like a root cause that we really ought to pay attention to. I think, um, it's it's something that we all potentially struggle with. And so at what point did you feel comfortable really positioning yourself as an expert in this space, knowing that, uh, you know, you were still very much in the midst of that journey? It took a while and it really only began. I feel like my practice really cracked open in a, in a great way when I began to accept one, that it was okay that I struggled as a human being with stuff that was the thing that I was interested in professionally and it was helping people with professionally. Once I accepted that it was okay and I gave myself permission to struggle and simultaneously be able to show up in my job and help guide someone, that really um, broke a lot open for me. I started to open up to not only my clients, but as well on social media about my own struggles. And that in and of itself 
brought our relatability so much clearer. Um, my clients were able to relate to me. I was able to relate to them more. There was more vulnerability that they felt comfortable showing me in our sessions, which was extremely powerful for them in their own healing. Whereas they may have, I, I, you know, when you show up courageously, it allows others to feel like they can show up courageously. And the same happens with vulnerability. I feel like my clients before I opened up in that way to them, probably sensed something that made them not feel hundred percent comfortable sharing all the things that they were really going through, possibly because they were looking at me as this like person that she eats everything perfectly and she does everything perfectly and it's easy for her and she's just not going to get it. But when I showed them, no, I struggle with these things too. And this is, you know, my vulnerability. They were able to open up as well. I think there's so much value in what you just shared, especially for on a professional level, right? As the one who's helping them and guiding them through this journey, but even on, you know, a human to human level, part of what really has driven this show is that when we see ourselves in the stories of others and we see that they were able to make a change, however big or small, but they're able to change their circumstances for the better. We see that it's possible for us. And I think it's so incredible that you found the courage to share your journey. And, you know, as a result have been able to connect better with your audience and with your clients, because I feel that will add, you know, exponential growth to the path that they're on. I hope so. And I even share now the vulnerability and the struggles that I experience, not in the same way or in the same depth as they were back then, but like the urge to binge, that voice comes in my head still to this day, even though I consider myself recovered for year, for a few years now. Um, sure. Do I experience anxiety? Yeah. Does my mood sometimes change um, depending on what's going on in my life in a way that you know, doesn't feel just like an emotion. Yes. There are so many things that, um, I am more open about now one, because it helps to bring an observational curiosity mind to my own experiences. And also allows me to take that perspective of what's going on. Why am I experiencing this, this urge to binge right now or to like overeat or why, why do I want to mindless eat? Oh, is it because I'm procrastinating the thing that I don't want to do? And I've been procrastinating it for days. Probably. Is it that uncomfortable conversation that I'm afraid to have that I've been putting off? Is it because I haven't eaten in five hours? Maybe it's that. And it allows me to take this curious point. And I've learned so much through my own process that I'm then able to slip into my client's shoes and help them see a different perspective of how to then empower themselves to change how they feel in the short term and then overall for the long term. Mm -hmm. So on that topic of changing the way that we feel before recording, you had mentioned that when you resist the waves of change, you suffer. And when you accept the waves of change, you are in flow. Can you share a time where or when you resisted it and 
what that suffering felt like for you? So one of the more recent uh, times that comes to mind is just this past fall when I was struggling with the decision to leave New York City, my apartment that I had rented for four years and I loved and take advantage of this time and move out to Long Island. And I was 100% resisting that change. And it was a very, very difficult decision for me. And in that time I felt when I was kind of ignoring certain things and ignoring certain things about myself, I noticed my anxiety rise. I noticed my desire to eat rise. I noticed my irritability increase. I noticed my energy like leak out um, in, in ways I call it energy leaks where I just found myself being very tired and very drained even though I was getting adequate sleep and, you know, eating adequately. And it was this fear ultimately after I did some meditating and I got quiet and I did a lot of journaling where I realized I was resisting a change because I was afraid that by making this change to move, I would somehow be losing my independence. I would somehow be losing everything that I worked for since moving to New York City seven years ago. I was fearing losing the life that I had built and created, which I loved um, and gave me such a sense of growth and pride about so where I had come. Like I was wrapping so much into this decision And the more I resisted even making the decision, like I wasn't even, I wasn't answering my landlord's emails about renewing my (laughs) lease. I wasn't answering my mom's calls about what my decisions were going to be. I wasn't even telling my closest friends what I was going through um, for fear of what they would think. And, you know, it was, it was mostly all of my internal stuff inside of me that was having me resist even coming to think about what would it be if I made either of these decisions. And so ultimately I, I took a leap and I took a jump and I made the decision of moving out to Long Island as a way to continue to grow into the unknown because staying felt like the comfortable thing to do. It felt like the thing that I wanted to hold on to. And it felt very emotional to choose to stay in New York City in this time. And choosing to leave felt more like stepping into an uncomfortable zone that I could look at as a big challenge and an opportunity, um, which is ultimately what I ended up doing. But um, yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk that through. Oh gosh, my pleasure. I think it's so relatable, uh, definitely for me on many levels. I recently went through a bit of a career change myself and there was a lot of avoiding having the internal dialogue. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. letting anyone in at first and and even just having the conversation with myself, I was like, nope, I'm busy, <laughs> maybe later. <laughs> yes. 
And it's like, man, who are you kidding? You know, it was just, just you and yourself. And it starts to manifest into these, you know, into the mood, into the, your, your behavior changes, um, into your actions and, and what you're doing or not doing. And so I totally relate to, um, you know, having a tough choice to make and, and wallowing in that for a little bit. And I think that, that for a little bit, it's okay. Like, I think, you know, before we let the world in, when we have a tough choice to make and we're not sure how we're feeling, like I genuinely think it's all right to sit there. But one of the things that totally shifted my perspective was kind of a, a 24 hour pity party rule. And this, which is not to say that you were in a pity party, but when I, you know, as I'm relating to this myself and I recognize in my own behaviors, it's usually when I start to slip into a little bit of pity city. And I'm wondering like, oh, really? Like, do I have to think about this? Do I have to do this? Is this, does it have to be so hard? And I say, you know what? I've got about 24 hours, 24 hours to feel like this is shit, that this is not fair, that this is not what I asked for, that this is maybe exactly what I asked for. And now I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so real. And then, you know, at that 24 hour mark, I have to take action, which doesn't mean I have to be you know, rainbows and butterflies and everything feels great. It just means I have to move to just take one step in, in any direction so that I can either validate this is the direction I ought to be moving in or, hey, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to take a step back. But I totally feel you on that. I love what you just said too about taking a step in some way because the fear of not moving, like that paralysis of and just fear of of moving in any direction you can you can't see clearly you can't see realistically from that point but when you take one step over the starting line and you're you're moving maybe slowly which is fine but you're you're in movement you can see more your perspective continues to change because you're in motion and it also allows you to sense a bit more where you're at. And like you said, if this feels right or not so much, I'll tell you a really quick story. Um, so a friend of mine in guiding me in this process, she said, maybe you should just, you know, ask the universe for a sign. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that, but take a moment, get quiet and say, Whatever's supposed to happen, universe, I could really use a sign of where I should go with this decision. And Samantha, not joking, within five minutes of doing that, the apartment upstairs started to leak into my own apartment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> of water. No, it's hysterical because I was like, I was watching the water drip through the ceiling and I was laughing to myself, like, like wow, holy holy crap. Okay. And what's really interesting about that is, well, just to complete the story, it ended up being fine. It was like, I don't know, some, some caulking that needed to be done. My landlord handled it within hours and they were great. But that to me, that thing that happened said, it's time to move on. Yeah. But it could have just easily said, wow, this apartment is awesome. My landlord's great. Look how fast they fix this. I'm meant to stay here. And it just allowed me to see what I did truly want. Oh, I got goosebumps. Like I've got actual goosebumps from my head to my toes. I was having this conversation with someone just earlier today, actually. 
And we're talking about, you know, if you are looking for excuses and for reasons not to, you're going to find them. But if you are looking for reasons to move forward and opportunities and doors to walk through, you're going to find them too. And I think just allowing yourself the time to pause and to stop the clutter and really kind of take a look around and take inventory of what's going on. How am I thinking? How am I feeling? You're going to find what it is that is like truly calling and tugging on your heartstrings. We use so many things to distract ourselves from our own internal signals and messages and knowings and how we disconnect from that sometimes unconsciously and sometimes consciously, but it's always everything that I see big picture that I practice big picture that I teach big picture is all about learning how to connect to yourself again, Mm -hmm. or maybe for the first time. And movement is such a huge part of that because once you get past like this is, you know, this is hard. This is uncomfortable. Like I'm out of breath. You are actually feeling your body in a way that you were not just by, you know, sitting down or not moving. Um, like the actual increase of your heart rate, the actual sweat on your body, the actual burn of your muscles, vibration of the muscles afterwards, all of that is a sensation that is now connecting you to a different, a different level, a different experience of your body. And as well as the emotional component to that, how you could feel different from before the movement to after the movement, how you could feel maybe calmer or lighter, or just being able to breathe deeper. Um, all of that just comes back to the foundation of how can I connect to my body in a more deeply grounded way. Mm -hmm. Um, The same thing with nourishing, same thing with nourishing the body through, through nutrition or through whatever you put into your body, through your mouth, through your eyes, through your ears, who you surround yourself with all of that. I consider in the nourishment category. Um, And if you are not getting your needs met in that capacity, you're going to feel off. You're going to feel out of alignment. Which is exactly what you're all about, right? Is about finding that alignment, establishing that connection through movement, through nourishment. Where can people follow you to learn more about the program, about the workout and about you in general? I hang out primarily on Instagram um, at Christine Cohen. And then my website is the same, Christine Cohen. Amazing. Listeners, I will be sure to link those in the show notes. Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. I enjoyed speaking to you so much. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.